Good evening. Are we on? All right. Well, I'm, I'm blessed to be here, and thank you for allowing me this opportunity. Come with me for a few moments on a journey to a rural mountain community in Central America. A certain woman lived here, a few miles outside of the small city of Santa Rosa de Copan, Honduras. Her small shack of a house was on one of the many dusty, uneven dirt roads outside of the city. This woman was a tireless and trusting follower of God. She stood firm in her faith. She didn't have much, not only because she was a single woman in a patriarchal society, but because she had nine dependent grandchildren. From from her adult children who didn't have the means or the desire to brave taking care of them, in their already destitute state. Now, this woman often had trouble getting adequate food on the table, but she knew in her heart of hearts that when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, uh, that he, that all these things would be added uh, and that this meant having faith when there was nothing to eat. So it was when one of the missionaries from inside the city came by and told her that us, the small group of American missionaries, was going to be visiting soon. She was excited to hear of our visit, but before the missionary left, she made a request for a small favor. She'd been praying for a blessing to come so that she could actually feed her family. She had run out of food three days earlier, and... Her and her nine grandchildren had been wanting. She had been praying earnestly for three days, and there was no food. This is is an audacious kind of trust. This kind of faith that, this is the kind of faith that Isaiah had when he asked Ahaz to have faith in the book of Isaiah. The kind of faith David had to have had when he was in the wilderness. Uh, much like the wilderness that she lived in, there in that mountainside town in Honduras. Now, let's come back to the more familiar setting we're in, this auditorium, where we learn about God and his story. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 63, verse 1. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My whole being longs for you. I thirst for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Verse 1 is the introduction to our text for today. The desert is the place of desolation. There is no hope there. There is no peace there. There is no sustenance there. Sometimes it feels as though we are thirsting for him without sustenance in return. Sometimes we're going to the wells of Scripture, fellowship, prayer, and others. On a regular basis, we still thirst. When you do a daily devotional and go to church three times a week, and yet God's presence still feels absent, and the cares of this world, anxiety, fear, temptation, pain, they still find you. When you're painfully aware that this world is submerged in the slimy pit of sin, Some moments bring this horrifying realization to mind that this world is broken. 
Some deserts are hot and dry. Others are cold and snowy. When it is, the desert only requires desolation and loneliness. When it is the week of Christmas and everyone else is cheery and bright, but your loved one, be it a spouse, a parent, a cherished friend, a child, your dear one isn't there this year. The psalmist is saying that this is the time to have faith. When you have nine grandchildren and no food, when the weight of the world is on your shoulders, earnestly seek him and his presence, and everything else will come. He is still our God. Verse 2. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. I've seen God in the sanctuary many times. Some see him in the powerful sermon or the thoughtful prayer. For me, the song Forever Rain reveals him to me. For some, it is the song How Great Thou Art. For some, it's the song In Christ Alone. Songs often have a major influence on us. Others might, uh, others might, uh, excuse me. When was the last time you left for lunch on a Sunday morning and you were reciting the sermon back to yourself? <laughs> I can't remember a time, but I can remember humming a song when I was done, when I was leaving. Whatever it is, this can be our sustenance in the long week at work of the anxious afternoon in the hospital. This is the fuel in the tank. This is what keeps our writer going. A few weeks ago here, we sang the song, Be Thou My Vision, an old song about longing for God to be your guide. It wouldn't have meant as much to me except that it was sung as a final favor to an older woman named Allie Whitaker. Allie and I went way back to when I was a toddler and she babysat me and my family, me and my brothers and sisters. <laughs> she was the sweetest woman around. She had no close biological family and few physical possessions, uh, but she trusted in God. Singing that song on Wednesday nights in that singing class, that was her sustenance. That was seeing God in the sanctuary. That gave her the sustenance she needed for the hard times. As that song gives me sustenance now, God's power and glory work like that. Like a camel in the desert, this kind of sustenance can carry you farther than you can imagine. Your previous experience in the presence of his kingdom will provide when it feels like a tireless trek. Verses 3 and 4. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. This rather audacious claim about the transcendent value of his love only affirms what you've already established, that God's presence is a necessity to this writer. But here we see the psalmist claiming worship because of that ultimate love. The psalmist is declaring joy and glory in God's love, so much so that it is better to die in his love than to live without it. Faithfulness in death is better than loss of life without God's love. 
I have been blessed with songs like Be Thou My Vision and Forever Rain that mean so much more than their surface value because I've seen him in the sanctuary through them. I can sing these with lifted hands or worship him at any time through other means. Likewise, we are given the opportunity to glorify, praise, and worship him in ways that we have seen in the sanctuary. Even even in the time of longing in the desert, we can return to that sustenance. As long as I live. This is a commitment. The psalmist is in for the long haul. He will continue to move towards seeking God and his presence no matter what. Verse 5. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I've been fully satisfied with rich foods before. I love it when my mom makes meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And uh, I'm sure many of us were thinking about rich foods this morning when we were here last. I know I was. (laughs) Verse 5 here is in several ways parallel to verse 1, the first stanza. Here we see the psalmist praising God through his mouth, the same medium through which he receives God's blessings. Possibly even the the very medium through which he receives God's blessings, possibly even alluding to a physical need he has, a need for food in the wilderness when he has none. This is the way with our hands, our mouths, and our minds. These are the dynamic receivers of God's blessings and senders of praise and service towards him and to others. God gave us two-way communication with him through our mouths, another medium through which to seek God and his presence first. Verse 6. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. You ever lie awake thinking about something that keeps you awake? It's kind of irritating, isn't it? That isn't the attitude of this writer. No, no, no. He is so dedicated to the cause of God's love that he remembers and rejoices in his goodness when he sleeps. This is the fulfillment of the command to meditate on his word day and night. Some people are kept awake by fear, fear of bad dreams, nightmares, fear of enemies, fear of armed robbers and thieves, fear of a lonely holiday season, fear of death. Fear governs far too much in far too many lives. But the one who seeks after God's presence can rest assured that God is with them. Awake or asleep, a peace that passes understanding, a peace that allows for such an act as trusting your life to God for three days when you have no food. That is the peace that comes from standing firm in your faith in God. Verses 7 and 8. Because you are my help, I sing to you in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand holds me up. With the completion of the second stanza, we see the psalmist returning to worship, but this time because of God's protection. These verses serve to again remind us that God has been there with us in the past. His past help in upholding our comforts in this desert time for the writer. There is a prior, intimate, and immediate connection between God and this writer. 
He couldn't cling to God if there wasn't a strong and committed relationship already there. The word used here for cling was the word used referring to the relationship between a husband and wife. This is a raw intimacy between God and us. The presence of God's kingdom is near and dear to this writer. This is praising him as long as we live. This is standing firm in the desert when we have no sign from God. Likewise, this is the woman in the rural Honduran community. She had a history of heavenly intimacy through the hard times that sustained her. The movement in this psalm is towards peace and security in God and away from the desolation and the fear of the desert. The psalm begins with thirst and emptiness. It ends with his shelter and safeguard against those things. So it is with the kingdom of heaven. The psalmist is providing a template, a schematic for following God. Faith in difficult times, remembrance of the good times, worship through all times. And finally, comfort in the end. This is God's will for us, that we might follow him eventually to rest in heaven. In this, the psalmist is the exemplary follower of God, the exemplary kingdom seeker. Matthew 6 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Let's return to the Honduran mountain village for a few moments. It just so happened that in the back of that missionary's truck were 50 kilogram bags, bag, big bags, of corn flour and beans. This woman had sincere and intimate faith in God, delivered generously, just as Jesus has delivered us generously. All these things will be added unto you. Faith in difficult times, remembrance of the good times, worship in all times. The desert isn't forever. The desert is temporary. Holiday loneliness is temporary. Pain is temporary. Grief is temporary. The hideousness of sin is temporary. The slimy pit that sometimes constitutes our lives is temporary. But God's glory is everlasting. Earnestly seek him first. Stand firm in him and his help first. And in the end, we will rest and sing in the shadow of his wings forever.